Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, Valentine's Day. How many of y'all love Valentine's? How many of y'all like Valentine's people? How many of you are not Valentine's people? Okay, so more not. Y'all, those are all, hold, put it up again. Ever put your hand? No, those are all the heartbroken people. Someone broke up with them on Valentine's Day, so just know that. That's what, me and Alex one time got in a huge fight on Valentine's Day when we were dating. You remember that? And she was like, this has ruined Valentine's Day forever. We will never celebrate it again. But we do because I love Valentine's Day. So I won. Um, hey, that's a joke. I lost because I do all this stuff for her on Valentine's Day. So uh, I love Valentine's Day. It's like my favorite. Like I like planning. I like getting stuff set up. Like I like sometimes we can get a little getaway, you know, sneak away. And I like planning for days in advance. I just, I don't know. I just love, there's something about it that excites me. I love it. We're going to talk about a series this month, though, that is oftentimes quite counterintuitive to maybe what we've learned. The name of this series is I Love Me More. I love me more. Now, maybe you go, that sounds a little selfish, Christian. Maybe, that sounds a little like, like you're, you're worried about you and not other people. Maybe you. But I believe in order to understand what Jesus called us to do on this earth, we've got to understand this. I love me more. It's easy to love everybody else. It's easy to, 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 to applaud others and have grace for others and forgive others and be patient with others. Oftentimes, those are the people it's easiest to love. How you know it can be really, really, really hard to love you sometimes. It can be difficult to love me sometimes. Mark 12, 29 is our theme verse for this series. Jesus is talking here. And now here's something I love. Anytime Jesus talks, I feel like it just adds a little more weight to what you're reading. Okay, all of the Bible is inspired. All of it's from God. All of it's great. But when Jesus, the person who created the whole system, talks, it's like listening to the, 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 the guy who created Nintendo talk about the cheat code for the games. Like You're like, that's the guy you want to listen to. He created the game. When Jesus speaks, he created all of this, which means he's got the cheat codes. He has the operating manuals. What he is saying is not just anyone else in the Bible talking. No, this is the creator of the universe talking to the created in the universe on how we are made to operate so I want you to pay attention to how God tells us we were made to operate this morning. Jesus answered him. Now let me just tell you the setup for this. The Pharisees have come to Jesus. They've said, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? They're trying to trick Jesus. They want Jesus to say one of the six, because remember, in the Jewish culture, there's over 600 commandments. So they wanted Jesus to say a commandment that he thought was important so they could trick him and go, aha, but what about this commandment, Jesus? So they asked Jesus, trying to set him up, what is the most important commandment? Jesus answered him, the most important of all the commandments is this. The Lord Yahweh, our God, is one. You are to love the Lord Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all of your strength. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is this. You must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. You will never find a greater commandment than these. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. For some of us, that's scary. 
I wanted to start this message off by saying today we're going to talk about somebody that many of you love and many of you hate. Many of you really care about this person. and Some of you treat this person really badly. Some of you care too much about this person. Some of you care too little about this person. You know who that person is? Yourself. Yourself. Jesus is answering a question, but he's trying to do more than answer a question. He's trying to lay out to them how we were created. And here's what Jesus is saying. There's two important commandments. The first is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. With everything you have, love God. And then he gives the second Okay, and there's a reason he gives them in this order. Because Jesus knows it is impossible to love my neighbor as I love myself if I don't first learn how to receive love from God. Yesterday, sorry, last Sunday, I said to you, God can only do to me, God can only do through me what he can do to me. Okay, until I learn to receive the love of God, I can never be the hands and feet of Jesus that he created me to be. Not learning how to love others, serve others, be kind to others. Oftentimes, that's the easy part. It's easy to grace others. Sometimes it can be very, very hard to grace ourselves. I love that um, if, if some of you need to read this in reverse. Okay, so love your neighbor as yourself. Some of you need to love yourself as you love your neighbor. Love yourself. Let me just tell you, if you get frustrated with people, if loving people is hard, if doing life with people is hard, if it doesn't make sense at times, you may have gotten it out of order. Okay, Jesus is talking about the order here, that the only way it makes sense is if I first love God with everything and then he empowers me to love others with everything. But I can't love others unless I first receive love from God. Oftentimes we get these mixed up. Sometimes we need to read it in reverse. For some of us, you need to say, hey, I need to love me the way I love others. Love myself the way I love others. Because there's a lot of you that have a lot of grace for others, but no grace for yourself. You got a lot of peace for others, but no peace for you. You got a lot of solutions for your coworkers, but you feel like none for you. Other people deserve peace, but not me. Other people can have forgiveness, but not me. I love one of my favorite things in TV right now. I don't know why. I just heard them say it on, on like a, a news clip and it like stuck with me. You ever hear stuff that just sticks with you and it's just funny to you in your mind? When, when they um, had the whole mask thing in California and then they caught the governor or whatever eating out and then like the headlines everywhere were like, rules for thee but not for me. <laughs> I don't know why that little tagline is just stuck in my head like the last like two months. Every time I see somebody doing something, I'm like, for thee but not for me. Like, I don't know, it's just in my brain. Like, Oftentimes, that's how we react, though, inside of this understanding of love. Grace for thee, but not not for me. Forgiveness for thee, but not for me. Hope and joy and peace and all the, God wants so much stuff for you, but how about you? Well, just processing through some things and just working through it. It's easy to give it to everyone else, but oftentimes, loving myself is the most difficult thing to do. But the truth is, until I learn how to love myself, I can never truly love others. I want you, yeah, it's a great place. Sure, clap. We're going to be a clapping church one day. Hey, I want you to say this with me. I can only give what I've received. I can only give what I've received. 
That's profound, isn't it? It's like your pastor's so smart, like I can only give what I've received. It's brilliant. Listen to me. I can only give. It's, it's simple. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm making fun of myself. I'm like, it's very simple. I can only give you what I have gotten. So if I haven't learned how to love me, guess what I'm going to have a difficult time doing? Loving you. If I haven't learned how to find solace for my own soul, I can never help you find it. If I haven't learned to forgive myself when I've walked through difficult seasons, how am I going to forgive others? I can only give what I have received. Hey, let me ask you this. When's the last time you did something for you? When's the last time you intentionally did something for your soul? One of my pastor friends who pastors probably one of the top 40 largest churches in America. Hey, he was building a new building, a, like like. $20 million, huge building. They have a massive church. And he went through a brownout, a blackout, a depression, okay? Like a, he, he couldn't figure out what had happened. So he looks up the top counselors in the world, and he finds a guy who was on the Fortune 500's top counseling list of all the country. Went to go see the best counselor he could for businessmen. So he goes to this counselor, and the counselor goes, well, tell me how you got here. And he goes, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm doing all this. I'm reading this many hours a day. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying this much a day. I'm I'm spending this much time doing this, and I love people, and I give my life to people. I love God, and I fill myself with him as much as I can. Let me show you all the ways and all the things I do to make sure I didn't end up here, and I don't know how. And the counselor stopped him, and he said, sir, with all due respect, I'm not impressed by all the things that you can tell me that you do to show your love for God. I would be impressed, however, if you could show me how much God loves you. I would be impressed if you could tell me not how much you love God, but how much God loves you. Because oftentimes our relationship with God is predicated on what we can do for God. Maybe no one's ever told you this, but you just sitting right where you are right now is enough for God if you never did anything else. The great thing about being a parent is you get to see some of these principles of how our relationship with God works. How many have children? How many want children? How many have children and don't want them anymore? (laughs) We just were stuck in the airport for six hours the other day with three children. You would have loved to have seen that. No one in there thought I was a pastor. I can guarantee you. Million dollars, no one would have guessed because I was ready to murder all three of them at one time in the airport and go to jail for it. It would have been safe. It would have been peace. You ever think that? I'd go to jail, but nobody's there. I mean, it's just be me in a cell for a while, and that sounds amazing. You know, just sit there and reflect. Think about some things. Uh, what was I saying? I don't even know what I was saying. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. The amazing thing about being a parent is you get to see the relationship between the, the God and uh, expected for us to have. Okay, I love my children. You know when the greatest time for me to watch my children is where I just like reflect on how much I love them. Where I just like look at them and go, wow, like this is amazing. Parents, when is it? When they're sleeping. <laughs> when they're sleeping, it's awesome. You stand over them and you just go, how are you? You ever cried watching your kids? I remember when we first had Eli. Just watching him sleep. I'm just like standing there watching him. I'm crying. I'm just going like, you're so pure and just clean. And like, you're gonna, the world sucks. It's going to mess up everything. And so, you know, you just look at everything is so perfect. And you're so, and isn't it amazing? They're not doing anything. He hadn't got into college. He isn't in the NFL. He isn't making money. He isn't even, he's not even changing his own diapers yet. And I look at him and just go, God, I can't imagine ever feeling this way about someone. 
remember when you had your first kid and you looked at him and just thought, I didn't even know you could love someone this much. It's like your heart grows and you just go, oh, my gosh. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to perform for you. They don't have to make money for you. They don't have, just sitting there gives you more feels for them than you could have ever imagined before you had a child. Hey, I want you to know that's how God feels about you. That's how God feels about you. That when you wake up and go, God, I'm probably going to mess up today. That God's going, no, this is awesome. My mercies are new every day. You got this. Come on, let's get out of bed. Let's do something amazing. Let's change our world today. I believe in you. I've got grace for you. I've got patience for you. I've got mercy for you. I've got hope for you. Let's do this. Hey, God is looking to cheerlead you on and champion you on, not because what you can do for him, simply because of who you are. Some of us have a problem giving love because we've never received true love. We've never received true love. And I can only give what I have received. Why? Why haven't we received true love? This is an interesting part because not often when I write messages, dude, this is going to sound weird, but like, not when I write messages do I get emotionally involved in them, if that makes any sense at all. Okay, so I sit down and I pray and I write whatever God says and stuff comes on my mind. I go, okay, yeah, that's good. Okay, that's God. No, that's me. That's me yelling at the kids. Okay, get that out of there. That's... And, and then, you know, I, I'm not very emotionally involved. When I begin to write this part of the message, I got genuinely sad. Because processing the reasons why people have not shown themselves true love or been shown true love was really, really sad. Why have I not shown true love or been shown true love? Maybe some of you think you don't deserve it. Maybe some of you, somebody told you something when you were younger and it marked you forever and so you've always thought that's what you were. Maybe it was wounds that someone spoke over you. Maybe it was the enemy's lies that you just believed. I'm just flawed. This is who I am. Maybe you even bought into this is just my plight. This is just what God created me to be like. I want you to know when you look in the mirror, the enemy is chirping in all of our minds. And the beautiful part about God is the enemy always reminds you of all the stuff you did, all the stuff you want to do, all the stuff you could do, and how bad you are for wanting to do it, doing it, or thinking about doing it. God simply tells you that you're his. God simply tells you that you're awesome. God reminds you that the closer you get to him, the more you look like him and the less you look like the world. And when you look in that mirror every day and the enemy starts to tell you all that you are not, that's an amazing time to look back and remind him of all that God says that you are. Every year I give you all the 40 IMs. How many of y'all have the 40 IMs still somewhere? Go online, Google the 40 IMs, print it off, and put it on your mirror. Okay, this is how you start off 2021 right. It starts with being healthy and whole for you. Because it's great that we want to change the world, and it's great that we want to help people, and it's great that we want to go serve people, and it's great that we want to be the hands and feet to the broken and the hurting, and it's great that we want to do all of these things. But how many of you know if you're not healthy from the start, nothing you put your hands to can ever be fully healthy? I love connecting with people when they're about to get married. My favorite is marriage counseling. Anyone who's ever gone through it with me knows. It's awesome. Because people that are about to get married are so excited and so stupid. <laughs> it's like they're just so amped up and they have no clue what they're about to walk into. 
You know, married, you know, married people, you see them and they're like, we're best friends. It's awesome. We've never fought before. You're like, well, that's going to be, that's gone. You just kiss that goodbye. I mean, just, I don't know, wave to it. It's gone. You know, all the, we're just, they're complete me. They're the other half to my whole. They're the yin to my yang. They're just my, the other part of me. And every time someone says that, I know it's going to be a rough ride. Because what they're going to find out is what is true for all of us is no person can complete you, no job can complete you, no friendship can complete you, no relationship can complete you. Jesus and Jesus alone can complete me. When I understand this, when I allow him to complete me and fulfill me, then I am a whole person. Then I can go out and help other people become whole people. The college I went to gave away a scholarship and it was called the Whole Person Scholarship. That's what it was called, the Whole Person Scholarship. And the whole idea behind it was giving it to a person who was a whole person, who understood what it meant to be physically healthy, spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, relationally healthy. And how many of you know we all have those areas in each and every one of us? It's not okay to show up at church and just be here and go, this is good. That's great that you're spiritually healthy, but how many know there's probably some emotional health that you need in there too? And there's probably some relational areas that you need some help in. And maybe there's some physical areas we got to work on. But God never created us to just be people trying to please him. No, God created us to be whole people filled by his love that can then take the whole love of Jesus out to a hurting and broken world. How do we do it? How do we do it at Valley Rise? It's very simple. We do these four things. As I close, I just want to walk you through these four things that we do. Everything we do at Valley Rise fits into one of these four things. Number one, know God. That's what Sunday morning is. What's happening right now is the first thing we do at Valley Rise. Everything we do on Sunday morning is tailored around people meeting Jesus. I love each and every one of you. But when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to the one person who's going to walk in the back of that room that is giving church one more chance that they've maybe been hurt by church. Maybe they think church is weird. Maybe someone told them the tallest Mexican's here, and that's the only reason they're coming to see it. I'm preaching to them because I want them to encounter a Jesus like I encountered. I grew up in church. Church was not fun to me. Church was not enjoyable to me. I didn't want to go to church. I was the pastor's kid, but I was like out back behind the church kissing girls during service, okay? That was, I was like, not you, pastor. No, not me. I'm so good. Everybody in here who's known me like five years is like, oh, God. Um, I was, that was not who I was. I did not enjoy church. So when I became a pastor, I wanted to create a place that people wanted to be at. I wanted to create a place that people didn't want to go, oh, I got to go there again. But go, I oh, man, I can't wait to get back there again. That's why we built a church that looks like this. So that people could walk in the back doors and find Jesus and have all of the distractions taken away. No, God. Number two, find freedom. How do we do this? How do you find freedom for those areas that are stopping you from being whole? We all have them. We all have those things that happened to us. We all have those wounds that took place in our lives. We all have the relationships that went bad. We all have those, you can't imagine this thing that happened to me. All of us have it. All of us. So how do you, how do you get freedom from these things? You get with other people, other people that have the same things, and you go, hey, I'm struggling with that too. Maybe we can like help each other. Maybe we can encourage each other when we're feeling down. Hey, maybe we can go to lunch and, and just start to champion each other on and remind each other of the promises that God has for our lives. Hey, come on, you could do this. Let's do it together. Find Freedom is all our small groups. 
We're launching small groups next week, and I encourage you, if you've never been in one, please jump in a small group. It's not weird. It's not awkward. You can do them on anything. People go like, what do you mean? Like, like we got like basketball small groups, and we go play basketball for an hour. And at the end, I just go, hey, how can I be praying for you guys today? Will you pray for my grandmother? Will you pray for me? And I hate my wife. Could you pray for me? And I'm like, yes, stay after. We'll talk a little bit. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much how it happens. <laughs> And, and these moments, this is we do a Bible study, men's Bible study, 6 a.m. at Denny's over here every Wednesday morning. We get there, a bunch of men sitting around the table. Hey, what do you need to pray for, man? The person at work that I can't stand, would you pray? God, give me grace with them. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's... It's just doing life together. It's just getting with people that you can take the mask off and go, hey, I've got some stuff i got to deal with to be whole. I, I, I'm, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm not worried about that. But I want to be a whole person in 2021. I don't want to be 75% of what God created Christian Aranza to be. I want to be 110% of what God created me to be. Listen, God has a plan and a dream for your life. And until you get plugged in and until you find people that can pull some of that gold out of you, those things will always lie dormant. But when you get in the right soil with the right people in the right place, God begins to birth things inside of you and out of you that you could never even imagine. Find freedom. It's our small groups. Number three, discover your purpose. Discovering your purpose does something for your identity that nothing else in this world can do. Discovering your purpose does something for your identity that nothing else in the world can ever accomplish inside of you. The greatest question people ask themselves on planet Earth is, what was I created for? That's why the, the, the book Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren was the bestseller in, in book, like books like ever next to the Bible. Okay. Because people want to know, what was I created for? Growth track that's happening right after the services. How will we help people figure out what you were created for? You all have a gift, and you all have gold in you, and God created you to serve somewhere. Okay. You know what the difference between me and you is? Nothing. This is just my gift. This is just what God created me to do. Okay. I was once you sitting in a chair, and somebody said, if you discover God's gift for your life, it can take you places you wouldn't imagine. And I said, I'm willing to do that. I'd like to figure out what God can do in my life. I'd like to learn if he has more for me. Yeah, sign me up for that. I didn't know y'all were the more. I didn't know Valley Rise was the more. I didn't know a whole new city and a whole new community. You know? Only God knew what the more was. I just did the, yes, God, I want to discover my purpose. You have an opportunity to do that after the service. And then number four, why? Why go through all that stuff? So that we can make a difference in the world around us. Listen, at Valley Rise, I don't want it to just be a church where people come in here, a good sermon, and go, that's awesome, pastor. And then you go back to life, and it's the same. No, I want to be a place that transforms hearts and minds and souls and lives, and that we go out, and we're different people tomorrow at our jobs, and we're different parents in our life, and we're different spouses with our, with our, with our spouse, and that every area of our life becomes whole because we are whole. Hey, wouldn't you love to live a whole life, a full life, where you're not whole in three out of four areas, but you're whole in four out of four areas? Where you're not close to Jesus and everything's great, but you have these relational wounds you're still carrying around? No, let's give them all to God and let's watch God do what only God can do. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, today, we're so thankful for your love, your grace, and your mercy. God, we're thankful for your favor. That when you created us, God, you didn't just create us to be here on earth. You created us for a purpose and a reason. You put passion inside of us. God, today, I pray we can discover those purposes. 
I pray that the passion you put on the inside of us, God, would overflow to a world around us that desperately needs it. God, today we commit to loving me well. God, we commit to to making time to check on us. God, we know that we can only love the hurting and broken world around us as much as we've received your love. So today, Jesus, we receive your love. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here that go, Christian, that sounds awesome, but I've never started that part of the journey. I've never received the love of Jesus yet. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, it's between you and Jesus and me. I just want to pray for you. If that's you and you say, Christian, today, I need to start that relationship with Jesus. I've encountered church, I've encountered religion, but I've never encountered a relationship with the Savior of the universe. And today I want that. Would you just slip your hand up real quick? Only me looking around. I just want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Just slip it up real quick. We're going to pray. Amen. You can put your hands down. And we're going to pray. And at Valley Rise, we pray this prayer together. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it underneath your breath. You can say it in your heart as long as you mean it is what we ask. Would you repeat after me? Dear Lord Jesus, today I recognize my need for you. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life. Jesus, I believe you died a death on the cross that I deserved. But you did it so that I wouldn't have to. I receive your sacrifice. Then Jesus, I believe on the third day, you rose again from the grave to give me new life, hope and freedom today Jesus I choose you I choose to love you I choose to serve you I choose to seek you all the days of my life in Jesus precious name and everyone said amen amen would you give a hand to those who just made the greatest decision of their lives Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.